This chapter forms part of episode 40 of the Education Research Reading Room podcast on online learning. Before listening, I highly recommend that you listen to the chapter introduction in order to get a sense of what's in this chapter as well as each of the other six. And if you enjoy this chapter, please share it with friends and colleagues. Chapter 6, Ellen Hating, a psychology and humanities teacher's perspective on online teaching. Ellen Hating is a teacher, educational researcher and trainer who is taught in Melbourne, Beijing, Singapore and Helsinki. Her classroom experience has focused on humanities in grades 7 to 10 and psychology in grade 11 to 12. And she specialises in embedding community connections and service learning into the curriculum. Ellen believes that education is a force to unite people for peace, equity and a sustainable future, even when it's online. Ellen Hating, welcome to the Education Research Reading Room. Thanks for having me, Ollie. Pleasure. Um, to start off with, Ellen, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes, yeah, so I'm an Australian teacher uh, living in Helsinki, Finland. I started my teaching career in Australia where I worked in Melbourne for two years um, and then I worked in Beijing for two years and then Singapore for four and now I'm in my third year here in um, Helsinki. Wow, dynamic career. Yeah. Um, um, what? Start off with what... what what and who have you been teaching online? So what kind of subjects, what kind of year levels and age groups? Yeah, so I'm teaching, my youngest students at the moment are grade seven and I, we teach in the International Baccalaureate Program. So I'm teaching them a subject called Individuals and Societies, but it's basically just humanities. And then um, in the upper grades, I teach grade 11 and 12 psychology and uh, grade 11 and 12 theory of knowledge, which is a, a bit of an introduction to uh, philosophy taught type of course. I'm also the coordinator for the uh, pastoral program for grades 11 and 12 and the service learning coordinator. Okay, fantastic. Um, and how long have you been doing online instruction now in relation to the, the current crisis? Yeah, we're in our third week at the moment. So I feel like week one was a bit of just, you know, fig figuring out a lot of the, the bugs and getting a bit of feedback and adjusting as we went. Week two, we sort of started to find our groove a little bit. And so now starting week three, I'm feeling, you know, pretty good and like we've got a bit more of a handle on things. That's great. Um, could you give us a bit of a brief overview of your standard week? Um, I, I don't know, you could pick one of your classes maybe and, and talk us through that. Yeah, so what we've done, um, our regular, when we were in face-to-face -face classes, our classes run for 80 minutes, but we've cut that down now. So we're still following our regular schedule with the same start time of the day except we've cut our classes down from 80 minutes down to 30 minutes with the idea of we're giving uh, students a lot of asynchronous learning opportunities. So we're setting them sort of tasks and resources to be looking at with the idea that they've um, looked at that, read through those things, maybe watched these videos and things like that. And then they log on to these 30 minute sessions we have together as a class, uh, ready to go over them or ask any questions or things like that. Okay, so does that 30 minutes sit like at the back end of the scheduled block so that students are meant to kind of start the work at the front end of the scheduled block and then they come together at the end or how does that work? Uh, so it's more that like um, we'll sort of at the end of each block sort of quickly go over what's expected for next time and then we really leave their scheduling of their own individual work that's due the next time up to them. So we're actually quite encouraging, you know, all of these 30-minute uh, blocks where we check in with kids, we usually finish that by about uh, 12 or 1 in the afternoon. And then it's sort of we're really encouraging students to try to get outside, 
try to get for a go for a socially distanced piece of exercise or get some sunshine or things like that and then maybe work uh, what at their own pace or whatever works for them uh, in the time in the afternoon or the evening so you kind of all of the, those 30-minute blocks, they sit in the same order as they usually would in the student's timetable, but they're just all crunched to the front of the day. Yeah, that's right. Okay. How, how's that been going? Yeah, it's been really good so far. I think originally um, we struggled with it a little bit, I think because just we, I, for me anyway, I think I just rolled into those blocks treating it like I would in a face-to-face classroom mm. and that just, just didn't work. But I sort of you know figured that out pretty quickly that that's not really – the most productive use of my time. So, um, you know, with the older grades, with, you know, psychology, which is quite content heavy, I found in the end I've been sort of like uh, doing little uh, screencast recordings of, um, you know, going through some heavy content and then posting that so students can watch maybe that, you know, 15, 20-minute lecture-style information dump. And then, um, you know, we have a live Google Doc that they can be asking questions sort of as they're going type of thing. Or then they can come to the, the, it's almost like, I guess, a 30-minute office hours and ask specific questions about things or go over things from there. Okay. So how how do those office hours work? How do you work out which student asks questions and how do they ask them and how do you respond and things like that? I find that students are coming with questions. So it sort of rolls quite, um, quite naturally. They just, you know, uh, different kids have got different questions each week. Uh, but, you know, if they ever don't or, you know, everyone's, you know, I've done a great job explaining everything and there's not that many questions, then I sort of always have in my back pocket, you know, a, a few sort of probes or a few sort of ways that I can get them thinking a little bit deeper about what they've been um, reading and things like that. Okay. Um, in terms of the videos of the content, how are you doing them? Are you, do you have a camera set up and you, you know, work on a whiteboard? Are you, are you doing screencasts or how are you doing that? So uh, originally, um, I guess, you know what, we've just got a standard uh, Mac. We were just given a standard Mac at our school and, um, you know, with all the sort of standard programs. So I started using QuickTime where you can record your, um, like do screencasts and that was fine. That was going all right. But then I stumbled across this uh, program called Loom which you can find on the internet. And that's that's really nice because you can still do your screencasts, but they also use your webcam and just sort of take, you know, a little sort of shot of your face. So student, and you can sort of insert that on your screencast. So kids can still see you talking, still follow along with, you know, your expressions and what you're saying and everything like that. But they can, you know, also see you moving the cursor around or highlighting certain things. And so I found that a really useful tool. Fantastic. And do you usually run uh, like a, sorry, I'm getting a phone call. Do you usually run um, like a PowerPoint? You teach for PowerPoint and just record over with Loom? Um, different things. Sometimes PowerPoint, but also sometimes maybe I'll, I'll open a website I want them to look at and show them how I want them to navigate that. Uh, maybe it's, you know, I put together, you know, some kind of like uh, worksheety type of things or some of my own notes. So different things. Okay. In the office hours, what... Is there anything that's not working about around that or any challenges you face? Um, I find maybe the, the, the shyer kids who, who uh, would maybe resist being a little bit more engaged in the face-to-face classroom, I'm finding that re- the, the office hours and the online learning is kind of exacerbating maybe kids' personality um, traits anyway. Mm-hmm. So the extremely gregarious, extroverted kids are finding ways to still be that online and, you know, try to rule the roost a little bit. And those maybe a bit shyer, a little bit more introverted kids 
it, it's it's more work and I'm still sort of playing with how do we, you know, make sure that they're still included. I still create space for their voice to be heard, things like that. Mm. But I'm I'm finding ways. What, what ways are you finding? Uh, we have, like, we're using Zoom as our main sort of uh, office hours uh, synchronous learning platform. And there's some great features in there, like breakout rooms, so you can have them in small groups doing things. Uh, also, um, you know, I just, I, I uh, brought home from uh, school with me before we started this. I just have, you know, a mug full of sticks with all the kids' name in, names in them. So, you know, I just revert back to that sometimes and pull out a name to make sure I'm getting a, a range of voices I make sure I make it a goal too of making sure I hear every kid's voice in each one of those office hours. Fantastic. Um, how do you use those breakout rooms? Uh, so often I'll set um, if they're doing collaborative work. So uh, at the moment, my psychology students are in small groups designing an experiment that they're going to go out and run. So we might all meet together to start and maybe just a five-minute overview of how we're going to use this time. And then I'll... Um, I'll send them off into their groups in different breakout rooms so that they're discussing um, and then I'll sort of pop in from one to the other and check how they're going with the idea that, you know, they're just sort of getting going in that 30-minute office hours. But then, um, you know, in the, the afternoons where they've got more free time and they can structure their time, you know, I make clear that the expectation is that they're catching up by themselves to continue their work. Okay. How do the students stay in touch to kind of organize to catch up and things like that? What other systems of communication are you using? So I think they um, unofficially, when they're just talking to each other, they all have WhatsApp groups that they're using to communicate and things like that. Um, and all the kids have got Zoom accounts, not the, the premium upgraded ones where they can have endless meetings, but they're also using uh, Google Meets as well. So we're, you know, we've got the G Suites for education at our school. And we found that that's really good if there's two or three or four kids meeting together. That's been quite successful. But when it's sort of a whole class group, it can be a little bit jumpy in things in a way that Zoom hasn't been so far. Okay. The the kind of assignments and, and classwork that you've been setting for students, has that been pretty much the same as what you usually do? So my senior students are uh, pretty motivated and on track and have just had great attitudes about just getting on with things and making the best of it and staying engaged and everything like that because I guess they've got these big, you know, formal external assessments still not going away and everything. So that's been great. But I think I've certainly uh, had to adjust for my younger students. And I think it took a bit of time, you know, I think, and I think middle schoolers, you know, they're always going to test the boundaries about what they can get away with. And, you know, what's the, what's the minimal amount they can do and the minimal amount of engagement they can do without sort of, uh, while staying off the radar. Mm. But I think a lot of them are finding that, yeah, we're, we're actually picking it up and keeping on them quite well. So I think week one, we had a little bit of um, disengagement and uh, resistance to doing some of the work, but uh, we've we've come up with ways of following up and just, you know, getting the parents maybe a little bit more involved than we would in face-to-face -face instruction. But I think they're coming around to, oh, yes, this is still school. I still need to be working, you know, in that afternoon session, even though I, my teacher is not online with me. Okay. You said you've been modifying tasks a little bit for the younger students. How have you been modifying them? Just, you know, in, in the way I think we're assuming that students are collaborating 
and assuming that, you know, parents are helping and assuming that they're using, you know, the full resources of the internet at their disposal in a way that maybe if we were setting work in school where they were working on it, you know, with us sort of circulating around the classroom, we could be a little bit more sure that, you know, this is a student's own work and things like that. But we're trying to sort of, you know, build that in as a feature and not, you know, not try to set up ways to make sure students are, you know, doing their own work and that type of thing. So I'm trying to, um, I guess, modify all the tasks and the the learning things that we're doing to um, just incorporate collaboration a lot more. Mm-hmm. Cool. How have you been, what have you been asking students to kind of submit? So you might give some classwork, then do they submit that? How do you provide feedback? How often are you doing that? I've just found um, Google Docs to be great. So students, you know, work on their Google Doc, whatever it is they're doing. And whether that's, you know, a student working on an individual doc or if they're working on it in a small group. And then they share it with me. And I just like the comments function. You know, I can go in and, you know, highlight exactly the bit that I'm concerned about or the bit I have something to say about and say what I want to say. And then it's there for kids. They can read it. I can ask them to accept the changes when I know that that I know that they've read it as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. So things like that I found very useful. Any challenges with with that approach? Um, I think in in the same way that you know you never you can't it's hard to know exactly you know who's helping them and how much they've done on their own and have they had seven web pages up open helping them at the same time or that type of thing. Mm. But you know no, nothing different from if it was going to be their homework when we were in face to face classes. So, how have you found the challenge of differentiating online? Yeah, um, I think, you know, that's that's often hard anyway in, in face-to-face classroom and I think in the same way here, it's it's tough as well. We're lucky at my school, we have a really rich um, uh, learning support uh, staff and they've been really helpful and I think their roles have sort of shifted as from, you know, they spend less time maybe popping into our online classes and more time sort of helping us modify tasks and maybe meeting with students one-on-one in those afternoons so I think maybe and also not only our learning support teachers but I think myself as well you know those afternoons yes it's it's good for me to be using that time to answer group questions but I also spend a lot of that time catching up with students one-on-one or in those small groups that they're working with so I can give maybe more detailed or more individualized instructions or support. Mm. Uh, You mentioned before about engaging parents more especially when students are getting off track a little bit how does how has that been looking um pretty much just through email at this stage with parents but just maybe you know an an email to a a student that i would send anyway i may be copying in parents one or two emails before i would usually so maybe if i'm missing work from a student i might try to find them in the hallways regular you know normally and say hey you know where's this essay you know i need to make market so we can move on and maybe do that one day, maybe the next day, follow up with an email, and then maybe I would move to contacting the parents. Mm-hmm. But now I'm finding, you know, a one, once, one email to, a, to students by themselves, and then I think I'm jumping straight away then to an email to the student with the, you know, coordinator and parents included on that. And I'm finding I'm getting pretty good results with that. Mm, that's That's a really good tip, I reckon. I reckon a lot of teachers will be thinking that's, that's that's very helpful. How has your school skilled up teachers? Well, I think for me personally, the best uh, PD I've had on all of these online 
uh, tools and everything has been, well, number one, through uh, following some peers and colleagues in China and making use of all of the resources that they very generously put together and are sharing with the world. Mm -hmm. So you can find a lot of them on Twitter. Um, but also I've, I've learned so much from our students. You know, you give you give them a tool to play with or to say, hey, we're going to try using this or what have you found to be working or what are you guys using to communicate with each other? And they know so much more about it. And they so they've been teaching me a lot of how to use these tools and they discover all these new features and, you know, and so then they'll teach me and then I can teach other teachers and things like that. But our school has also been um, asking uh, us to any time we sort of feel like We've, we've found some great new feature or a great new app or a great new program to consider sharing that with our colleagues. So we have sort of a, a lunchtime session where um, our co colleagues are offering sort of half-hour sessions on different tools, mm. which are optional, but they're available to us if we want to try to improve. Does that happen every day? Uh, yeah, yeah. So at the moment, we, we've just, just started that last week and we've got one offered every every day but I, I think you know that'll probably slow down as people max out a little bit on them all mm. and what's say that again they're not mandatory it's just yeah. you know if you think that would be helpful for you come along bring okay. your lunch if you want cool and how has the the background communication between staff looked ha have you been having kind of zoom staff meetings or yeah how, how have you been doing that yeah so um i think we started with there was an email that came out from leadership every day about just updates and you know it all went it all happened very quickly for us from when we went to um you know business as usual to okay no kids tomorrow but just spend the day getting ready and then the next day we're online learning so it was quite a quick transition so i think in those early days we had uh at least daily emails coming out from leadership and then within sort of the first two or three days we were running so staff meetings and teacher collaboration sessions via zoom Great. Um, do you have any kind of thoughts? So you're teaching a few different subjects. You're teaching um, mm. psychology and some kind of humanity subjects. Are there any, for the psychology and humanity teachers out there who are listening, any particular resources online that you've been finding are really helpful for this for these subjects? Uh, so, I mean, the ones, hopefully they rhyme, so it's easy to remember, but yeah. I think you know, Zoom for that face-to-face -face communication has worked really well, um, particularly with setting up small groups and there's a whiteboard function and lots of great things in zoom and then so and then loom so l-o-o-m which is uh, a one where you can you know have your powerpoint up or have a document up or have a web page up and then you can talk about what you're doing in that document or in that uh, web page or give students sort of unpack ideas on your powerpoint for students and they can still see your face if you're a big hand gestures person, you know, you can still make your hand gestures and they can see all of that. So I found that a really useful tool for that sort of asynchronous learning as well. Great. But anything in particular for kind of your subjects in particular or are you generally just teaching from the kind of textbooks that you're, you're generally using? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, at this stage we're just sort of, we've, you know, we went to this um, online learning in the middle of units. So we're just sort of trying to finish off the units that we've been working on. I know that um, I think I'm going to have this online project for my grade sevens, just, you know, as a humanities teacher, I'm going to ask them to think of themselves as primary sources and, you know, to document sort of some of their experiences of what it's like living through this sort of crisis. Mm -hmm. 
and get used to that sort of distinction between primary and secondary sources and, you know, create like a, a little online digital time capsule where they can drop in, you know, memes or TikTok videos or whatever it is that they're engaging with at the moment. But, you know, like I think so that's something that I would have updated and changed. But, it, yeah, I think a lot of the tools that are already kind of out there um, that would we, we'd be using anyway. I mean, things like Gapminder are wonderful for humanities teachers. Mm-hmm. But I think they're not, not very new to anyone. You never know. <laughs> um, have you have you found it kind of this all tire, more tiring than usual or you've been pretty okay with it or has it been? Oh, it's I just haven't been able to believe how tiring I found it, you know. I think when I was face-to-face teaching, I thought, oh, yeah, that online teaching, that seems like a good gig. I could do that, you know, hole up in a tropical island somewhere and just teach online a few classes. That would be a nice gig. But it's been so much more tiring. It's mm. I tell you what, else this whole online thing has made I think me and other teachers and our students appreciate school I think we all can't wait to get back to school that's good to know but also a bit scary given that I'm I'm about to start doing it um so I've got I've got all the all those those tired days and nights ahead and I guess from trying to cram in I I guess I've been simulating it today this is my um sixth interview that I've run today and I've definitely been exhausted by all this online work so um, yeah. yeah definitely props to you and, and other teachers who've been who've been doing it for this long oh yeah and look don't don't let me scare you you know like it's it's also fine I think you know just find the breaks when you can make sure you get up between them all be a little bit active you know find something to do but yeah it's it's not that bad I'm being a bit melodramatic <laughs> great any any final words of advice for teachers or anything else you'd like to communicate? I think I would say, you know, just to accept that teaching online is going to be very different from what your classroom is, you know, in a face-to-face. And that's okay. It doesn't have to be the same. You know, kids are still going to learn stuff. And, you know, maybe give yourself a chance to sort of grieve for, you know, the classroom that you used to have. And it's okay for it to be different and, and yeah, and just sort of, be okay with experimenting with things and, you know, for things to flop and all of that. But it gets, it day by day, I've gotten better and improved and you will too. Great advice. Where, where can people go to find out more about you, Ellen? And, and also if you could tell us some of those key people you talked about engaging with on Twitter who are really on top of this online instruction stuff. Yeah, so I'm on Twitter at ehating, that's E-H-E-Y-T-I-N-G. And uh, some key sources of information I've used in getting ready for this online learning uh, have been following uh, the Western Academy of Beijing. Uh, that's uh, on Twitter there at Wab Live, I think, W-A-B, I think maybe underscore or something, L-I-V-E. And then also BCIS, Beijing City International School. Uh, and I think that's BCIS... Uh, online maybe is their Twitter handle. And they've they've just put out some really helpful documents and websites that's just got great tips and advice and what works and what doesn't, but also some great resources and really tailored towards here's what use, what's useful for early years, here's what's useful for primary, here's what's useful middle school and in high school. Fantastic. And I've actually had, had the pleasure of interviewing the principal and the AP from that school. So um, that, I guess that's another plug to have a listen to that that episode and check out those those documents as well. Ellen Hating, thank you so much for your time today. It's been great to hear um, from yet another country and yet another set of subjects. Um, I guess something that's been interesting, I've been cramming all these interviews into one day and 
a lot of people, a lot of teachers seem to be gravitating towards some of the same tools. So like Zoom and Loom uh, and things like that. And, and so that's, for me, that's been one of the most helpful things because there's so many tools out there and so many different ways that teachers can try to do face-to-face stuff, try to record their screens. Um, and the fact that there's a whole heap of teachers converging to similar practices um, gives me confidence that maybe I'm on the right track in terms of what I'm approaching. Um, and hopefully it does the same for listeners as well. Um, so thanks so much for your time today. You're welcome. Thanks so much for having me. If you enjoyed this chapter of the ERRR podcast online education special, please share it with friends and colleagues. And please consider supporting the ongoing production of the ERRR podcast at patreon.com forward slash ERRR. Signing up as a patron helps to communicate to me the value that listeners are receiving from the podcast and helps to keep the production of the podcast financially sustainable into the future. That's patreon.com forward slash ERRR. I hope that you enjoy the rest of this education special.